0: In parenting today, we welcome to nine to noon, Mohamed Alansari, who is Senior Researcher for the New Zealand Council for Educational Research. And we're looking at how to improve outcomes for growing te reo Māori in schools. Which schools are doing it well and what practices could other schools learn from them? Welcome back, as always, Mohamed. Good morning. Good to see you. So what were you seeking to understand with this latest research?
1: Cool, so it's mahoro Māori. And the council this month is really trying to highlight some of our work about how do we support Māori outcomes, how do we revitalise, make sure that te reo Māori is not just um, spoken in schools, but also celebrated, it's flourishing. So one of the reports that I'm wanting to highlight today is called Hereo Katipu in Nakura, and it's about growing te reo Māori in English medium schools. What this research has done is that they've identified what they describe as paureo, language, champions. Those are the people who were championing Tereo Māori. They were advocates for the language, they were teaching it, they were saying it's an awesome thing, let's do more of it. They had a good lay of the lands about how it looks like at a school level. So the research focus on their perspectives of w- what's going well in schools and how do we grow more of it. Um, the research focus on good practices as a result of that and how could we also ensure that there are lessons for other schools who are wanting to jump on that journey as well. Um, The research identified four overarching practices that seem to have a positive impact on te reo Māori teaching and learning in English um, medium schools. Um, The first one that I want to talk about is about having a strategic plan for Raya growth. One of the things that these schools, the ones who do quite well in revitalising the language, often talk about having plans right from the top. They're strategic plans that all different layers of the school are aware of, they understand, they agree with and they know how it looks like in their practice those are the kind of plans that Fano and parents also agree with they know why they're doing it at the same time so you've got not just the buy-in but also leaders driving that change and explaining it to their school
0: So you need your language champions, yeah? The yep Pōreo
1: Absolutely, Pōreo yep.
0: uh, What kind of environments are, are we talking about? In some ways it's self-explanatory, right? Mm. But give mm. some examples of best practice
1: um, so, for example, when thinking of strategic plans, um, schools and principals in particular often go to their board about what are the key priorities this year and for the next three years. And you often see them explicitly saying things like, by this time next year, we want to make sure that at least five or six of our staff have undergone PLD or professional support to be able to um, speak Te Māori or go through courses to learn about how do you teach it. Or they'd have specific classes in the evenings for Fano to be able to practice with them as well. So making it quite explicit about what kind of goals as a school you want to embed by the next um, term or the next academic year. The other thing that's also evident, which kind of connects to the second practice really, is involving whānau in communi- and in, in communities in that kind of planning and design. A lot of schools now put it right up front in their animal goals or plans that we want to work more with Fano. We want to have more opportunities to develop those homeschool partnerships to also get their feedback about how might these plans look like. I worked with a school recently, and what one of the school leaders have said was that he was amazed at how many parents not just said, oh, yeah, I speak creole Māori quite well. They also offered to come to the school and practice it with the kids or often co-design with teachers about how might the teaching look like. So they really tapped into whānau and the community as a resource and they treated them as experts. Um, and that was at no extra cost as well, and that's something else that often schools worry about. Um, and so working with whānau is another important area. But our National Survey of Schools, the most recent one, identified that when we surveyed schools, only half of the schools told us they actually engage quite regularly with parents and whānau in their community. Understandably, though, a lot of people cited things like the lack of time to do so, not want, not knowing how to start these relationships and partnerships with parents, but there's plans to get these going. So I think that we're going to see more schools um, reporting a greater uptake in the in the years ahead.
0: That's a matter that you've raised um, previously, actually, in any number of situations from mm. research when there's strong communication, strong relationships, strong right. buy-in between the school and home, everything happens, the magic happens.
1: Exactly well the the thing is once you have the buy-in parents also have a clear understanding of how to promote and how to advocate for these initiatives at home. If they buy into the initiative of growing Te Reo Māori in schools then at home they can have these conversations about why is it important to speak Te Reo Māori or to learn a word or two every month how is that beneficial for them, how it allows them to connect to kids from different cultures to understand Te Ao Māori and so the buy-in really is foundational to having those homeschool partnerships, and it's not just for growing today reo Māori, of course, and so I always encourage schools to just connect with their parents and just ask what's on top and how they can work together, more so in the future.
0: What are some of the barriers to that, Mohamed? I'm not sure the nature of this research, whether it was um, uh, qualitative at all, but You know, it's often the case uh, schools say, yes, but we're under so much pressure, or yes, but we're dealing with so many social issues with Mm. our families. Um, You know, did did you get any important messages back about their needs for resources, Mm. for preparedness, Mm -hmm. ways of getting through barriers? Yep.
1: Um, This research is qualitative, um, but that, in addition to other pieces of work, highlights common barriers like the time, the resources and the money to do so, Often the parents who you want to hear from the most often have additional life stresses and circumstances that stop them from engaging as well. So schools have been trying different innovative practices just to kind of try and reach out. Some some schools have told us they even do home visits more so than before just to connect with those parents. Another issue that some um, schools have raised, um, which is some parents are hesitant or not sure why we should prioritise today. So market. what
0: is the why? What what were you told about the why?
1: Yep. So one of the things that seem to come up is people's bias and there seems to be underlying... Um, tensions. It could be rooted in racist ideas about the place and the value of Te reo Māori and schools, and in our society, a lot of people have said things like, "I'd rather them learn a another language. is in the Samoan language anyway? Why should we care about Te Reo Māori?" And so, schools are getting are at the receiving end of comments like this, and it actually co- takes quite a lot of time to challenge some of these um, negative and and deficit ideas about not just Raya Māori but about Māori more broadly and so schools are telling us that they're wanting to have more time to have these open conversations with parents about how actually there are more benefits none of the things that you're concerned about are rooted in in, in, in any kind of truth to it Um, and actually learning Raya Māori is quite good for us as a nation, it brings us closer together it fosters positive relationships. So, I'm not really surp- surprised that the third common or key practice that we found in Hireu Kaatipu was that schools who are doing so well in this space often talk about raising the status and the value of Te Reo Māori. Because unless you have those positive attitudes about the language, positive benefits to it, and they're quite clear on why we're doing it, you're more likely to have that pushback. You're more likely to have schools, or sorry, or parents saying, no, Thanks, it's not for me or it's not for my kid. But again, there's no evidence that suggests that learning Te Reo Māori or another language, really, for that matter, is not good for kids' learning and for development.
0: Very good. Thank you, Mohammed. Uh, Mohammed Alansari, who is senior researcher with the New Zealand Council for Educational Research.